Welcome to Masters of Business, a show that gives you real-world techniques, cutting-edge strategies, and extraordinary insights for managers and leaders who want to develop the business acumen needed to go faster and farther in their business careers. Now, here's the master himself, Stephen Haynes. Welcome back, everyone. Um, as many of you know, um, I've created the show Masters of Business to um, um, help uh, people on their leadership journey, and um, they are leveraging, hopefully, uh, the core constructs of business acumen. Some of the things that I've learned is that not everybody knows what business acumen is. And on my company's website, uh, business-acumen.com, there is a link there to what I call the business acumen canvas, which will provide some information to you. Anyway, um, this show, uh, Masters of Business, is available through normal um, podcast channel like Apple Podcasts and stuff like that, as well as on YouTube. So we are video and live. Anyway, um, so today I'm speaking with John Clarine, and I've known John for a long time. <laughs> Weird. Um, anyway, but he's in charge of digital services for a TK Elevator, and his career is steeped in digital technology, whether it's a TK or at GE. And the digital age is here. Um, companies are transforming themselves incessantly. Um, you know, sometimes I feel like if I, hear, if I hear the word transformation again, it's going to be it's a little too much, right? But what's interesting is um, we're going to talk about communication today. And um, the, the interesting thing is what started it had to do with a, a conversation about PowerPoint. Anyway, that said, John, welcome to the show and thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me, Stephen. Great. So let's talk about that thing with PowerPoint. What the heck were we talking about? And PowerPoint <laughs> and leadership? What was that? Well, I, I, I get a kick out of the conversation because PowerPoint is a topic that, um, you know, from my point of view and from my experience, is really uh, good and bad. Uh, and generally speaking, it tends to have a negative connotation. Um, and I think that that stems from the fact that, especially in middle management and above, and uh, in, in leadership and executive positions, people use PowerPoint maybe uh, uh, far too much um, in their day to day. And sometimes I believe that, you know, PowerPoint can become the outcome, which is a negative connotation with PowerPoint when really you're only trying to communicate a message um, about business. Um, however, you know, I, the, the, I think this story I shared with you was my first experience really with PowerPoint at an executive level. Um, I wasn't an executive, but I had just come out of the field. I was, you know, working uh, prior to that in the field, doing, in, you know, field engineering type work and in application engineering uh, situations. PowerPoint was not not really a tool used uh, in the field. So when I took my first role in a headquarters uh, a headquarters position um, at GE, in fact, and I remember going to my first board meeting, uh, which was a massive meeting across um, the entire power generations division, lots of business units, a lot of report outs, um, fast fire, and uh, one senior executive really um, trying to digest all this information. I remember leaving that meeting um, thinking that I wasn't going to be able to make the cut in headquarters or do the job whatsoever because I couldn't really follow along as fast as the rest of the room was following. And, and nor could I ever build a PowerPoint that looked uh, that, that, that looked that that good, let's say, um, very quickly. Uh, 
So I thought, man, this is just not cut out for me. But I realized after some time that that the that that PowerPoint was almost a language. It was a means to communicate to the senior leader quickly, graphically. The senior leader in this situation, um, he automatically understood and knew inherently, you know, what the X and Y axis meant without having to ask. And that's because it was a language that they all spoke to quickly get information about business um, transferred so they could make, you know, timely decisions. And I think, um, you know, PowerPoint is one of those necessary evils in that regard because it is a ubiquitous tool that that is an easy way to to summarize some ideas and thoughts and qualitatively communicate, you know, numbers and financials that matter in decision making. I, that, that's, it's really compelling. And I mean, I have, you know, when I, when I think about PowerPoint and I think about communication, part of me says, yeah, it's sort of like this common language, whatever it is. And, and now it's, we have like mirror boards and other, other tools that are, you know, maybe more engaging, but it's still the idea is you're putting stuff figures and tables and whatever onto a table onto some you know two-dimensional format and generally sharing it with other people <clears throat> which is i guess digital but one of the things that i i do in my workshops which is interesting is it's we get so lost in powerpoint sometimes that it becomes the de facto it's like the bullet point becomes the you know the the law <laughs> i know it sounds a little extreme but it's it's what's lost is really the story Right. It's that, yes. you know what I'm saying? It's that that idea that that it's the narrative of what happened and how people assimilate their ideas and their insights that I think can make a compelling story that can be more easily communicated and also to demonstrate a person's you know depth of knowledge or understanding on a topic, which I think is lost some time in PowerPoint. Yes, agree a hundred percent. And all of the old, you know, all of the old, you know corporate training and professional training that I've taken around presentations, you know, uh, remind you always to, to tell the story, tell the narrative, use the PowerPoint as a visual aid to nail points or communicate something um, quantitatively that, that, that is difficult to do verbally. But, but don't forget that you're the presenter, you're delivering the message. Um, And, you know, you know, one of my favorite tools in PowerPoint is the B button when you can, press B in the middle of a presentation mode and go black with the screen and all eyes come to you. And, and I think, you know, when you need to tell a story and make a point, that's very effective. And so PowerPoint, you know, again, on the negative side can become a crutch all too often. And the, the storytelling piece gets lost. And, uh, you know, that's just always an opportunity for improvement, even for me today, frankly. When I when I demonstrate this, when I'm standing in front of a room and whether doing a workshop or a talk, um, I will blank the slide. And you notice the behavior in the room, right? How people will look at you and that you get to draw them into the conversation. People may be less inclined to converse when they're when their heads are straightforward and you're almost like a, you know, an object inside of the room. Um, but, you know, this is the topic of communication. And everywhere I have ever read or studied about leadership and business acumen and all these other things, people are always talking about, you have to be a great communicator. And there's so many different styles and techniques, but is there, you know, I'd like to ask you from your point of view, like what 
helps a person become an effective communicator, especially as an evolving leader or a leader trying to fine tune their craft? Boy, there's a lot to that answer. I mean, totally. I, I totally stacked the deck for you. <laughs> well, you know, off the top of my head, the first thing that comes to mind is knowing your audience. And I think internally, when you're talking to business executives and if you're thinking in terms of business acumen, right, you need to be able to be very concise and quick. You also need to understand their understanding or lack of understanding is probably more important because, you know, you're working on, a, on, on something eight hours a day or more. You're in the details, whereas senior leaders are not. And depending on how high that senior leader is, the less they are in the details, so you need to be able to answer their questions quickly and succinctly. I remember some training I received a long time ago, um, it, you know, such that, you know, when a senior executive is asking a question of you, you should be able to give them a one or two sentence response, almost a yes or no to begin with, and allow them to ask a question deeper to expand on that. But don't over communicate because you can lose your audience. And I think the audience is important. Uh, not just with regards to obviously the executive community you might be speaking to, um, but also to the, you know, to the, to the larger organization, your peer structure, your customers, knowing their understanding where they're coming from and the appetite for what they need to know is probably, you know, the, one of the most important pieces to communication. Of course, using the tools and, and the basics of, um, uh, like we talked about with PowerPoint and visual aids to make your point cleanly and succinctly and, and not over communicating is helpful too. But if I were to think of the number one thing that comes to my mind, it's knowing the audience. You know, I, as you were talking, I was thinking about um, innovators and inventors and people who are creative and developers and stuff and how, you know, the ones that tend to be very successful, they may not have the verbal or even sometimes the written skills. Sometimes they're using a model or a prototype or something else to convey a story, but they are the messenger. It's almost like I'm a messenger from the market. I've translated all these sort of ideas into something and here's what it is and here's how I got to this conclusion. What do you think it looks like? And you can get to show people inside your company and get to show customers and stuff like that. It's another way to model communication, right? Does yes. You, you mean almost a show and tell? Yeah, of course. So to speak. Yep, absolutely. In fact, we're doing that next week, oh, yeah? um, you know, in order to really make a new technology real for some of our branches here in, in TKE. Um, you know, we're going to bring a demo unit. We're going to do more demonstrations, especially in the areas of digital, where we've got new technologies doing different things in an old market, uh, which means that, you know, there, there, there's, there's new words, there's new language, there's new business models. Um, uh, the, the topics are, are new to the industry when we talk about APIs and extensions of data and information, um, like we're doing in TKE, where we're really one of the leaders with with IoT on, on, on vertical transportation. That type of technology, um, you know, uh, hits a lot more home when you're showing and demonstrating it. So we're, we're, we're taking a kit to the branches, we're, 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 we're plugging it in, we're lighting it up, we're making phone calls with it as an example um, for emergency services. And, and that's just to your point, Stephen, uh, a way to really make it more real. Get off the PowerPoint in this case. Yeah, you know, again, this is this is why I I love having these conversations, and and especially for the fire engines outside because we are in New York City, so that's what that's part of the deal. But um, you know, when you talked about you know we're in a mature industry and we're talking about these new technologies and new ways 
interfaces. An interface between a customer or a user um, needs to be communicated, right? And I can't tell you how many crappy apps I've used that that they're supposed to be intuitive and deliver a great user experience and they suck. <laughs> not, to, not to say, I mean, some, some do a great ex- experience, but communicating change, like how does it get there? And how do you put people into an informed state? Meaning a communication not only exists inside of your own organization, but to the customers of your company. That can be really an interesting way of looking at things, right? Yes, uh, you know, absolutely. I think, you know, when, especially in the space that I'm working, which it, which is digital, a lot mm-hmm. of the services that we're offering um, here and in the past companies I've worked in, um, that, that, that information is being transmitted in new and different ways, as you brought up an app. Um, uh, and, and, and that, 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 that communication is a product now, right? That information in near real time, for example, um, here in the elevator industry, you know, with an IOT connection on an elevator, we can communicate to a customer, a professional property manager that an elevator, you know, has changed its state, has gone to an out of state, out of service state or a return to service state that helps a property manager keep um, you know, in tune with their building. Now, that's not something that with, if, before IoT and really the majority of buildings, you know, uh, across the world right now are not IoT connected. Really, IoT is something that's um, come to prominence in the last five years. So the majority of the, the buildings out there are not connected. Um, so business as usual has been, you know, an elevator breaks down, a tenant uh, a tenant, you know, experiences that breakdown, calls the property manager because there's long wait times in, at, at the elevator lobby. Uh, they they call a, a, a the service technician. They're dispatched. They have to get there and usually do an exchange when they're doing troubleshooting. That's the normal way of of the normal workflow of a breakdown, and that's not unique to elevators. A lot of equipment follows that same workflow. With technology now, the interface becomes live, near real-time IoT, uh, pushing information directly off the controller into the hands of both the technician and the property manager in near real time. Now, that is a that has value. That has value that needs to be communicated, and that value is new and different. It's 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 a changing of the legacy way of handling an outage for a piece of equipment. That that's very meaningful. And what does it do? It cuts down on time, downtime. It results in more uptime. And at the end of the day, that's what tenants are looking for, property managers are looking for, and 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 that new value and that data stream again, like you said, is a is a different communication, a different communication from a sales perspective as well as you know when you bring it up a developer's perspective. Now, it, obviously, again, not not a secret that I live in New York City, but um, I was, I was, um, waiting for a bus yesterday, believe it or not. And at the bus stop, it was the first time I had ever seen a sign, a, a digital sign. It said, you know, you know, cross down bus, blah, blah, coming in two minutes. And in the subways, they've been adding signs for a couple of years. And in, in the airplane, in the airports, they've been doing things. And we, we now live in a, in, in this digital world, which enables and fosters communication. So we have to have both the means and the message from my point of view, um, in order to engage both inside and outside of the organization. And I think, you know, when you t- when it comes down to leadership, you, you've got to be able to promote that. You have to promote it. You have to demonstrate it to other people with whom you work. You have to demonstrate it. It's almost like you're living 
the 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 um the capability as opposed to telling people they have to do the capability right which is i think part of the essence of leadership and um there 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 are probably a couple of clues that you've had in your life that have been helpful whether it's conversations i know we've talked about conversations with your dad and stuff like that but um can, can, i'd like to just um go down a path of just exploring some of your own personal growth and some of the lessons that you have learned as we sort of wind this um to a, a successful conclusion Sure. So, you know, I, I think, um, you know, when I, when I look at, um, when I look at some of the, the best lessons I've learned that have been reinforced over time, um, you know, it, it, you know, it's going to sound like a cliche, but it, 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 it often is relationships with people. Um, and that's, that's, you know, inside and outside the company. Um, and that relationship has to be fostered and built up um, uh, around trust. That's no surprise, I think, to anybody. Um, but how do you gain that trust? Um, obviously, your say-do ratio has to be there. That's kind of a show starter. Um, but, but when it comes to really building trust, it's, it's, it's also being able to communicate, continuing that theme um, in a way that, that, that garners trust and is clear and concise. Uh, I, 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 you know, when I, I look at you know, um, ch change, changes that I've had to live through in my career, um, you know, for example, going through, uh, you know, major leadership changes and or ownership changes that that just inherently drive a culture change because, uh, you know, ownership and brand, we went through a major brand and ownership change here at TKE um, that requires navigation, um, you know, in a lot of levels. And we did it all around uh, all around the pandemic or during the pandemic too, just to add just to add some more flavor to the to the to the change. And, and, I, and I reflect on, you know, now coming out of the pandemic, thankfully, um, uh, our new ownership in place, our brands in place, we are, we're rocking and rolling now with our new culture. And, um, and it's, it's exciting, but for the last two years, um, it's, been, it's been a lot of uncertainty and that's normal. And I, and I look back and I, you know, I look back and I was talking to my dad about this, just reflecting on things. Um, recently about, you know, why, why do I feel good um, when I go into a situation of change, even if it's a very uncertain change, not something that's necessarily directly positive, but I look at it from a positive light. And for, for me, you know, I had an opportunity to work uh, for GE uh, for, for 15 years. And, um, and, and, and GE was a large organization, very professional organization. And I got to observe and see people and leadership operate. Um, whether I was in the meetings or, or, or you know, in the pre-meetings, I was able to see senior leaders operate and I was able to grow and learn from them. I had incredible mentors, both formally and informally, and I still to this day seek out and look for mentors. Stephen, you're one of them, right? And I think that as I look back towards what I've done in my career um, and what successes I've had, it's because I've been able to observe or be mentored by those types of people. And, and, it, and it manifests itself in what I kind of articulate as relationship capability, um, which, you know, again, is all based on a, a foundation of communication and trust. Um, you know, first of all, you, like I got shivers in my spine because, um, you know, I, I, I hadn't considered myself as that. Um, I, I consider every person in professional that I know like you and sort of like my, like my work friends, right, um, who have taught me tremendously. I I even, I find every one of these podcasts, as I, as I have 
learned, this is my second round of podcasting over the last several years, but this is almost like it's a little anthropology and it's a little bit of research and it's a little bit of like just in time discovery that we never even thought we were going to have. And these are just sort of subcurrents that run through our minds. And I, I pick when I pick some things out and you talk about trust and communication and things like that. And then they think about, oh, you know, they talk about the word trust on the PowerPoint and then communication on the PowerPoint and people. So yeah, yeah, I understand that, but how do I go from where I am to where I need to be? And you sort of need a, some kind of a strategy. And sometimes the strategy is hastened through the relationships that you have and the work that you do and the results you obtain and everything helps you inch up a little bit further in your career. And I think um, I, I am, I, I can't even express gratitude enough for a person like you really taking time to talk with us about some of these really important things. And we've, we've driven it into something that sounds simple and perhaps easier to implement. And I think, in, because this, the core of this is about business acumen, which is sort of this portfolio of things, of behaviors and skills and experiences that are compounded um, for us as business people and emerging leaders, or even leaders who are really you know trying to up their game. But um, that, I mean, to me is great. And for that, I am uh, grateful, thankful that you've been able to share this. And um, I'm, ho I'm hoping that our listeners and our viewers um, will really benefit from some of these things. So thank you, John. Um, and thank you, everybody, for listening and for watching. And we'll see you next time for another episode of Masters of Business. I'm Stephen Haynes. You've been listening to Masters of Business with Stephen Haynes, a podcast that captures the ideas and lessons learned from thinkers and leaders in business. If you'd like to take your company to the next level, consider the courses and books from the Business Acumen Institute. To learn more, go to business-acumen.com.